And what is going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday to you as we barrel down this last week of May, last week of school. I bet you, Jason, Alex, you guys can't wait to have these kids home all summer long, right? You guys are counting down. (laughs) Daddy daycare, man, for me. It's back to back to the old back to the old school ways man we need some of my kids to start flunking classes so they have to go to summer school <laughs> get them out of the house <laughs> do they even still do summer school anymore jason is that still no, thing? i don't even know oh it's, i don't even I, it's hard to flunk right they don't even take home books anymore man right yeah. it's it's hard to flunk school, but I don't even know what their grades are now on where you get those report cards we've talked about that before they get like a Get like a one, a two, a three, a three. Just like I don't, know, I don't know what it even means. I don't even send report cards home for my kids. It's like you have to like go online to check their scores. And of course, I'm always like, I do it like two months late, and I'm like, hey, kid, what happened here? Like you're like, you know, bad grade, but uh, yeah, they don't even send report cards home anymore. Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. My kid is apparently going to go to the next grade. I, not, I have no clue how because <laughs> I don't keep up with anything. I don't know what the hell he's doing to learning. I just, I literally don't know. I'm just like, well, hopefully these uh. These tax dollars are, are, are helping and go into the Leander ISD because I don't know what the hell he's learned all year long. Just be quiet with you. I think he does have a Wednesday folder. But nonetheless, intro part. Uh, welcome to the weekly modcast. I'm your host filling in for Jeff Ketchum. I'm Amar Richardson. We have Jason Sukumel. We have Alex Dunlap. And uh, making his modcast debut will be our baseball writer, Aaron Little. Aaron how are you doing? I think this is the first time uh, every, at least all three of us have met you, at least me. Uh, how are you? I know. Yeah, no, I'm doing good. Definitely good to make the uh, modcast debut. Uh, we were just, I was uh, joking with Jason before the show, you know, you guys had never seen me in person. Uh, I could, I could be just a bot lurking in the, lurking in the slack, lurking on the boards, but yeah, man, uh, good to be here. Uh, good time to be talking some Texas and uh, yeah, it's a big time in baseball season. One one day, uh, Aaron, you'll progress to the point where he puts your last name uh, on the on the screen because everyone else has one except you. So we'll just call you Aaron. <laughs> yeah, I think that was my bad. I think that was my bad, actually. That's okay. It's all good. It's all good. Um, and obviously, this 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 thing is being bought to you by Dead Soxy. Thirty percent off using the promo code Orange Bloods. All of us are Dead Soxy fans. Jason's a Dead Soxy person. Alex is a Dead Soxy person. I, of course, love when I get dressed up. I, I'd love to put on my Dead Soxy. I also got some casual stuff that you can wear as well. Uh, they've just the, the material is great. I know we sound like we're old folks talking about socks, but I'm guaranteeing you uh, these socks are better than anything you've ever gotten. So, look, Father's Day is right around the corner. And look, whether you're a father or you're a woman trying to do something for a man, get him some dead socksies. That's going to be something I guarantee you is going to be a gift that uh, he appreciates. Use the promo code orangebloods.com to get that 30% off discount. Hey, listen, guys, we are going to be doing a buy or sell today. Ketch and I did this recently. It went over incredibly well. Uh, So there's a couple of things. I want you guys in the chat. To get your buy or sell questions ready, go ahead and start shooting those things to us. You know, the easiest way sometimes you want to skip to the front of the line. Obviously, a super chat will always get our attention. Uh, but some of the things, look, you've got you've got the the benefit of, of having Jason on here to answer all your recruiting questions. And you, if you want to know why Texas only has three people committed, what's going on with Micah Hudson, everybody else. 
Uh, if you just want to blame Jason for it, and if <laughs> is, is he the problem with recruiting, buy or sell? Uh, we can start there, but Jason's there. Uh, obviously, Aaron, if you got some baseball questions, don't leave him out. Uh, we, none of us are capable of answering any of your baseball questions. Let's just be honest. Jason could probably maybe do it. Alex and I will tap out. Like we've no, got no, I can't. not this year. I've, I've... I let those guys do all the heavy lifting in baseball. This year. Yeah, we got like five. Is it, about, is it about time to start watching again, though? Feels yeah, fun. yeah, it's, that's right. It's postseason time, Alex. So get your yeah, TV man. fired up for tomorrow, man. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, and then, and of course, if you got some football questions, the, the 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 bunch of us we could obviously answer that. Alex can answer it. Uh, I can that's answer true. that. Uh, <laughs> and you know, we would go from there. So uh, we've got Rodolfo, who's always number one in the chats. Uh, buy or sell. Alex gives his kids candy on the first day of summer. I'll let you guys answer that first because I know my answer and I know what the answer is. We, I'm pretty sure I can answer for Alex. That's a big no for Alex. I, I think we, know, I know. we don't know. I don't know if if the kids get ice cream in Alex's house in the summer. Like I don't really, I don't even know. Do they get? Are they allowed to get that kind of sugar in the house, Alex? At all? If they want to make their own, if they want to make their own popsicles out of fruit juice, they can do that. <laughs> Wait. So when they go out to like the pool area and kids yeah. are like, oh, you know, whatever. So, so, or if you hear the little ice cream guy in the neighborhood and you hear the little thing, like, that that's a, that's a big no, right? Well, well th- that ice cream guy doesn't, doesn't, doesn't drive out to where I live, but yeah, man, I mean, if the kids are, the kids are at the pool, man, they're going to be the ones with the, um, with the, with the homemade pop. Everybody else has the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, like green popsicles man my kids will have one that's made out of cranberry juice alex is like the old school like the ice tray and then like you put cellophane over that and you put like a toothpick in there so his kids are holding a toothpick oh yeah he, yeah he's like a red ice cube yeah <laughs> they're popsicles yeah. totally man they're the coolest kids on at, at, at the whole pool <laughs> <laughs> so you you want to love it because where, where, where i live alex they have like uh, a little like cantina or whatever, where they sell like food at the pool and drinks and, and of course ice cream and things to that effect. So every day, you know, when we're out there at the pool, um, my kids are out there, like they're out there getting their stuff. They know the kid, they, they, and it sucks because now summertime comes and my bill gets a lot higher, you know, it, it multiplies, my, oh, you know, right. so now I apply like a hundred dollars and, and snap 150 so your kids would not be a part of that. And I totally 100% uh, understand that. All right, let's get to some buy or sell questions. I know we got some old ones uh, here. I guess we got one from uh, Ski Breck. Uh, and this will probably be for you, Jason. It's an interesting mm-hmm. one. Buy or sell, Texas lands another top three football class in 2024. Yeah, first off, Ski Breck, great name, dude. I love Breck. Uh, my wife grew up there so we go there frequently she used to ski like or snowboard like seven days a week breck so you might have hit on my wife at some point who knows dude but uh <laughs> but uh, to answer your question ski breck i don't think texas is getting a top three football class in 2024 on our mentioned it they got three commitments now and i get it man don't hit the panic button and june official visits are coming up uh, that's all well and good, and they might make a surge in June and July, even August, but top three is going to be tough. Um, you don't have – you're likely not going to have an Arch Manning effect 
uh, yeah. that Texas had last year. They get arched. That kind of helps steamroll, get things steamrolling and snowballing. Not only that, Jason, how how many times could you have a top three class without having that epic quarterback as part of it, right? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, Texas last year, I don't remember. I think they were third or fourth last year or the year before that. They were fifth. Um, I just don't see it. I mean, they would have to get Colin Simmons. They'd have to get Micah Hudson. They'd have to almost clean sweep. Uh, the top guys on their board, and I just don't see that happening right now. Now, listen, I'm not I'm not saying panic or go jump off a tall building. Texas is still going to have a good recruiting class, but I would think closer to 10 than to three would probably be my guess as it stands right now. But hey, let me ask you this. Do you got any sense, Jason, why we, when we look at the rivals rankings and we see teams like a Michigan with so mm-hmm. many commits and you, you, you see the Georgia, I think is like somewhere around 12, but you see guys uh, that are somewhere that in the high teens, as far as commits and Texas is, is sitting at three. Um, I think even Texas tech has eight commits, you know, at this moment. So we're just talking pure numbers. Any thought process into like why Texas is, is, is sitting at three? Is that, is that intentional on the staff or we, you know, or, or, are they missed out on guys? I haven't seen you report that they've missed out on guys either. So just give us an understanding of three. It's not intentional, but it's not unintentional either. I mean, and I say that I'm looking on where Georgia 15, Michigan 17, Notre Dame 16, LSU 15, Ohio State 13. Those are your top five. You mentioned Texas Tech. They do have eight, but that's kind of been uh, Joey McGuire's MO. Man, they'll take a lot of guys early and not necessarily the highest rated guys. In fact, they're, of their eight, they got one four-star and all the rest are three-star guys. So, um, you know, Texas fans are, they just like to say, oh, don't panic. And, you know, Texas had a big run in the summer last year. That's how things just work for this staff. There's some truth to that, but I promise you, the Texas staff would probably like to be higher than three commitments right now, one of which is a, is a punter. Um you know, why is it? I don't know. A lot of guys are just waiting for whatever reason. They're going to have a lot of guys are going to commit later in the summer. Obviously, some will wait until the fall. I don't think the Texas coaches, and I know this, are actively pushing for commitments, maybe the way, you know, Michigan is or Oregon, uh, Penn State. Um, that's not to say they wouldn't take a commitment from a lot of these guys if they wanted to come aboard, but they're just, these guys aren't ready to, de- to decide yet. And, you know, I, I mentioned this, I wrote my Q&A, which I'll post on Orange Bloods uh, later today. In fact, I said in there, hey, man, I've had more recruits tell me, hey, the Texas coaches are saying, oh, go ahead and take your visits, man. It's cool. Like, you know, we're confident. Uh, go ahead and do all that stuff and you'll come back to us. More kids have told me that they've heard that from the Texas coaches than they've heard. Hey, man, you need to hurry up and commit. Let's get this thing rolling. They're just, the staff is just not pushing for commitments super aggressively. I think the biggest part of that, Omar, is they're pretty confident that they're going to have a really good season in the fall. And they, they feel like, hey, if we can get that going in the fall, then recruits, even if they're committed elsewhere, they're still going to look at us. Maybe they decommit and come come over to Texas. So, you know, I think some of it is confidence in, in the type of season Texas is going to turn in. But, boy, you'd love to kind of, you know, have that confidence in having a good season, but also be really hot in, in recruiting early on. And uh, Texas is just not hot in recruiting early on right now. 57th in the team recruiting rankings, Texas is. And, and obviously that number is going to go up or go down, I guess, quite a bit. But uh, yeah, Texas has a lot of work to do. And I think June is when we'll start seeing some some movement. Just real quick, uh, Alex, before, I mean, real quick, Jason, before I get to, uh, to Alex for the Alfred Collins questions, that's going to be next. Um, 
do you still think they finished top 10? That's kind of my cutoff right now. Um, if we're going, I, I know it's buy or sell. I'm going to, going to say buy on where I think they okay. will, but I think it's going to be pretty close. And that's still a really good class off the heels of two mm-hmm. top five classes. Okay. Not everybody can be Georgia and Ohio state. I mean, Texas can be Georgia and Ohio state if they start playing well on the field. Um, but buy or sell to that, I will go buy, but mm-hmm. I'm not a super confident buy. Okay. Uh, Michael Harges, my main man, Michael, how are you doing today? Happy Tuesday to you. Uh, Alex, this is going to be a good one for you. A buy or sell. Does Alfred Collins have an impactful year? Buy or sell, Alex? I'm. Can we define impactful? I mean, to just a guy that plays, you know, I mean, what a guy that plays more snaps than he did last year. Or, um, what do we, what is it? I mean, what do you think he means by impactful? Like, are we talking about a guy that honorable mention all conference? Maybe. I don't know. Okay. That, okay. That's a good, that's a good cutoff. I mean, he only played 25% of snaps last season. So, I mean, I think that's going to, it's going to have to go up. I would lean sell um, simply because it's like, just you know, after so long doing this, it usually you kind of what does they say, man? If they're gonna bite his dogs, you, you see, you, they they bite his pups. You, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's probably the wrong way to say it. What's that saying? They bark something his dogs. Like that. Daryl Rose said, if they're gonna bite, they'll bite his pups or something. Yeah. Something along um, you know, Alfred Collins just had, hadn't really done that. You look at you look at last season, and I'll just pull it up. I mean, his you know his his efficiency on defense was. Um, Worse than all other, yeah, worse than all other interior players except for Aaron Bryant, who only played 17 snaps and didn't didn't generate any production at all. But other than that, I mean, Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton were, you know, they were getting production once every 11 to 12 snaps. Where you look at guys like, you know, Keandre Coburn was at production once every seven or so snaps. Same with Byron Murphy, Tavondre Sweat was at every 8.37. So. You know he's going to need to he's going to need to improve, and he also, man, I don't know about you guys, it doesn't seem like Alfred Collins to me has a real set position right now. He's one of these guys like Vernon Broughton that they move to defensive end, they play sometimes at, even at nose in different packages, defensive tackle. So um, I, I just we've talked about it. The the fact that they brought in Trill Carter, it, you had to look at it as somewhat of an indictment on the way that they feel about Vernon Broughton and Alfred Collins. So I feel like it's probably stacked against Alfred Collins at this point. With that said, we did see him in camp taking on more spring ball and taking on more of a kind of a vocal leadership role. One of these guys that would be out there trying to get the rest of the guys fired up. That's something that we'd never really seen out of him before. So maybe if he's got the um, he's got the juice coming into this year and he can he can um, move forward with that. You know, maybe he could be a guy we consider impactful enough to make that all uh, all conference kind of list. I would say from what we've seen so far, though, you know, based on what we've seen so far, that would be a sell for me. Gotcha, uh, Alex. Uh, there's one by D, uh, if you noticed it, and this is going to be a recruiting question um, if you about o- Oklahoma. Uh, and Jason, I don't know if this is a trolling uh, kind of <laughs> uh, question or not. I'm not quite sure if it's serious or not, but we'll go, we'll go ahead. We'll play ball with it. Uh, Oklahoma signs two five-star defensive linemen while Texas signs none. Uh, buy or sell on that one, Jason? Again, we got the caveat might be a troll. So I'm just going to put that out. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm probably buying that Texas signs none. I'm looking at Oklahoma. Uh, I don't follow Oklahoma's recruiting that closely, but does Colin Simmons count as a defensive lineman? Yeah, I was counting him. Yeah, he's um, five star, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you don't um, think Texas is going to get him? Right now, no. I'm I'm probably predicting LSU for Colin Simmons. Um, you know, I think te- Oklahoma obviously with David Stone is in great shape. He's from Oklahoma. He's at IMG. Um, honestly, I'm not really sure. Where, I don't think they're going to get Camarion Franklin. I'm looking at some of their other guys. Uh, I'd probably sell that, but I don't have a great handle on Oklahoma's recruiting and where they stand with all their offers. But uh, but yeah, I'm going to probably sell both of those. All right. Well. Uh, appreciate that. There's some weird guy by the name of Blake Skaggs who we may uh, may or may not know. Uh, buy or sell uh, Texas baseball host a regional. We'll all sit back, Aaron, and let you handle that. Buy or sell Texas host a regional. Yeah, so I think I think it's going to have to be a buy right now. The, the D1Baseball.com, they came out with their latest uh, regional projections, and they had Texas as the final host as the number 16 overall seed. So, of course, we've got the conference tournament this week. Um, you know, I was talking about it with Zach, our other baseball writer. It feels like two wins is probably going to be enough to get it done. And then when you look at how the bracket broke down in Arlington this weekend for the Big 12 tournament, Texas is in um, a little pod there with Kansas, TCU, Kansas State. So you you think they could get two wins there because they won the series this year against TCU. They won the series against all those teams, TCU, Kansas State, Kansas so when you consider that, um, I think it's reasonable for Texas to win two or three games in Arlington this week. And I think at that point, um, they, the RPI is going to be good enough. It'll probably be hovering around 20. Um, we know, you know, Dishwalk Field in Austin is a really good place to host a regional. So I think the NCAA might give them a little bit of an edge there. So I, I think that's going to have to be a buy right now, assuming they don't do, a, you know, a two, a two and Q in Arlington. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable going by with that one. You know, Aaron, too, I've got you, you know, obviously here. Tell me what's been kind of uh, the the key, you know, from your kind of point of view uh, as you've kind of watched this season. Um, You know, I feel like there was a little panic to the the start off uh, the year, if I'm correct. You know, the, the, the three straight losses, you know, to start. Uh, and then there was, the, you know, a couple of little – there was some, there was losing. I, I feel like they were at, at a losing record at, at some point. Kyle State Fullerton happens. What's kind of been the key uh, for the turnaround in, in, in your perspective? Yeah, no, I mean, it's been a real up and down season. I think when you look at the key, you could probably go to two things. One is um, the two aces at the top of the rotation, Lucas Gordon and LeBaron Johnson Jr. He, LeBaron Johnson Jr., especially, he's come on really strong. You know, the past two months, and you mentioned the Cal State Fullerton when they were really struggling. Since then, LeBaron Johnson Jr., he's been really good. He's been, like, solidified that number two starter role, and he's been borderline dominant. He's got the best conference CRA in all of the Big 12. So I would point to him, Lucas Gordon, um, the main Friday night ace. He's been very good all year. And then from there, I go to the lineup. The lineup has just been really deep. Um, The freshman first baseman, Jared Thomas, he was in a slump to start the year. I mean, he was a true freshman starting every day at first base. So kind of reasonable to expect a slow start there. But – he has come on in a huge way. He's hitting well over 300 in conference play. Um, he's the leadoff guy now. He's impacting the game on the bases. He's hitting for average. He's hitting for power. He's drawing walks. So the lineup has lengthened out quite a bit with um, Thomas at the top of the lineup. And then 
You've got guys like Peyton Powell, um, Dylan Campbell. He's on a 33-game hitting streak. So that has obviously been a big part of the recent turnaround. So I would say LeBaron Johnson Jr. coming on at the top of that rotation with Lucas Gordon, and then uh, Jared Thomas and some of the other guys adding depth to the lineup has just made the team uh, a lot better overall and has kind of helped this recent turnaround. Thanks so much, Aaron. Alex, this is a good one for you, man. This is one by a Colby S. I'm fascinated to see what you're going to say because buy or sell, Alex, Texas has three first-round picks in the 2024 draft. Uh, I'll sell that. I mean, I feel like that's the that's the total that's the total total bull case for Quinn Ewers, Jatavion Sanders, and Xavier Worthy. You know, it's like all three of those guys are going to have to go ham. And, you know, that that does correlate, right? If Quinn mm-hmm. has the big year, it's likely going to have to do with getting the, getting the football to those guys with greater volume. You know, with that with that being said, you know, it's – um, I think Quinn's going to be a first-round draft pick, not because I'm totally convinced that Quinn is going to be light years better this year than he was last year. It's just like we talked about here on the show. It's just the kind of the Will Levis effect. I mean, he, he wasn't a first-round pick, but – um, these NFL teams are NFL teams are taking risks on these guys, and they're taking risks on these guys high in the NFL draft. I've heard it from enough people now already that the narrative is taking shape that Quinn Ewers is going to be considered a first round talent, and that in football circles it's widely thought that he's going to be leaving after this year. So I would I would think I would pencil him in, you know. But the other guys that you know you see kind of talked about, it's basically. It's basically JT Sanders, and it's basically Xavier Worthy. Xavier Worthy's going to have to have a much, much better season than he did last year to go into that kind of consideration. People aren't going to – I mean, we learn from guys like – and I I know with Kayshawn Booty, there was stuff off the field. The guy from LSU, there was also – he tested really bad. Xavier Worthy won't test as badly as Kayshawn Booty did. But we've just seen that um, – we saw it with Justin Ross, and he had an injury – to the, to the to the neck that caused it. But we've seen these guys that just have these these dynamic freshman seasons. You know, NFL teams don't always look back to that freshman year and say that's the guy that we we know we can get. I think that they're a lot more um, open to maybe looking at a guy like Jordan Addison, who had a bit of a down year at USC, but they could look just one year before at Pitt, right? And, and you can go you you can go back to that tape. I don't think people will go back to freshman tape on these guys. So. Um, Xavier Worthy has that to overcome. JT Sanders has a volume issue to overcome. I mean, I saw I saw a question in chat from our boy Nash asking if the Jonte Cook where he's going to be in the target pecking order, and it that very question just goes to show that there's a that there's a big there's a there's just there's a lot of these guys that are going to want the football a lot, and JT Sanders for him to show that he's a first round pick, he's going to put a lot of stuff on tape as far as him as a blocker, him without the ball in his hands all the rest of it on top of, you know, probably getting some, getting some pretty good volume. So um, I think it's possible, but I don't think it's the most likely outcome. So I'd say so. Okay. But let me, let me ask you this uh, kind of a, a add on to that one, Alex. Um, any chance a guy like Tavondre could potentially slip in as far as the first round? I, I saw a one mock that had him as a, as a first round uh, draft pick. Just your thoughts on Tavondre as far as an NFL prospect as he stands today. Uh, and then even, you know, I don't think any of us are looking at Jalen Ford as a first-round pick, but he's another high draft pick. So just give me those two guys. Well, J- Jalen Ford, was, he's not going to test very well. You know, he, like as far as his explosive testing, it's not going to be 
as good. I think he'd probably be a little bit better than some of us think with his agility testing if he does go through those drills at the combine. Um, but they just teams, unless they're just you know, unless they're cavemen that bite bite your ankle off, Dan Campbell type of coaches, they don't take inside line, linebackers and thumpers in the first round anymore. It's just they don't teams don't do that. Their analytics departments. Well, I mean, they'll they'll go jump off the side of the building if if, if these guys do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that um, Tavondre Sweat. I think the uh, do you where did you see a mock? You saw a mock draft with him in the first round. Uh, you know where? Don't laugh. Was it PFF? No, it was it was, it was Walter Football. Oh God, that, that guy. Um, <laughs> well, you know, well, like twenty something years, Char- years, Charlie or whatever his name is. Um, the uh, like thirty years, thirty years of pretty bad content on War. Thirty years of, pretty, of lots of misses. Um, I, I just look, man. I think that I, I think Tavondre Sweat. I think that whoever had that is probably look. I I, I know that the Senior Bowl is very high on Tavondre Sweat. We can lock it in that he's going to be a Senior Bowler next year. They said he would have been. A, they said that if Keandre. Coburn and Tavondre Sweat had kind of traded places, and it was it was Tavondre like they they wanted to Tavondre last year, you know. Where whereas they you know they they passed on Keandre Coburn, of course, who ended up getting the Shrine Game invite, eventually drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs, I think in round five. Um, I haven't seen first round um, production out of Tavondre. I don't think either anybody here has either. I don't. I mean, have you guys looked at him and said, "Oh, oh geez." That's no. a that's a that's a first round skills. I mean, I've seen more of that out of Byron Murphy in flashes. So um, I say no. I don't. I don't think he could be a first round draft pick. But I think he could certainly work his way up to day two. You know, when was Taekwon Graham drafted? I mean, he's better than Taekwon Graham. I forgot. Was he a fourth rounder? Fifth the, round. I believe he was a fourth or fifth, fifth. if I'm I mean, correct. He's a, he's he's a better prospect than that. I think he's probably a better prospect than Coburn. Um, so I, I think day two is not unreasonable to, for him to set his sights on, but I don't think he'll be a first-round pick. That seems like, as you said, that's a very bullish if he gets to day two. Like that, that question to Andre Sweat going in the first round strikes me as like Texas players are always overvalued. Like the you know a year before the draft, everybody says, "Oh, this guy's a lock to be a first-round pick or a top ten pick," and then we see these guys get drafted nowhere near that. Like. No offense to Devondre Sweat, but I've seen nothing from him that makes me think he's a first-round pick. Uh, three first-round picks in the next year's draft, as Alex said, that'd have to be like a perfect scenario, man. I mean, Quinn's probably going to get there. I'm not fully convinced Xavier or Sanders get – or uh, yeah, or JT Sanders get there. So, three, I mean, that'd have to be the perfect storm. All three of those dudes are going to have to ball out this year. But yeah. That's pretty easy to sell for me. I think if you were, I think if it were a sports book, it probably put Quinn in the first round at something like minus two hundred, right? It probably put, um, probably put JT at something like plus, plus five hundred. Probably put mm-hmm. Worthy at something like plus five hundred. So, I mean, if you were going to parlay all those picks together, the sports book, you could put, you know, you could, you, know, you could put down five bucks and stand to win like probably, you know, one hundred fifty, one hundred seventy-five dollars on it. So, obviously, it's you know something that's a little bit of a long shot. Uh, Mark with a, a buyer sell um, with this receiving core, uh, Texas breaks their single season passing record this year. Jason, I'll, I'll start with you. I don't have the number in front of me. Uh, you, you Colt, the- right. I'm assuming. I don't even know. Uh, yeah, I'm not. So I don't know. I, if catch was here, he'd tell you, Oh, that was tw- 2008. Yeah. Sure. We could look that up pretty quickly, but 
man, you know what? That's a really good question, Mark. My first instinct was like, no, no way, not going to happen. But it is a deep receiving core. Uh, the running back room may take a step back or probably is going to take a step back. So they're probably going to be throwing the ball more. Ewers is more experienced. They're going to have more confidence in him. I think he's going to have a, a big year. Um, man, uh, that's a good one. I'm, but I'm going to go sell. But um, I certainly could see a scenario where, where Texas does set a lot of passing records, uh, including the single season passing overall passing record, but I'm going to go with sell, but yeah, I'm curious what everybody else thinks. I'm still, I'm still looking at, I'm going to, I'm looking yeah. up the number here. I uh, because I don't even know what I'm, I don't even know what I'm pitting it against. Like, I don't know what the best, I don't know what the best um, I can find like the passing leaders by player, but I can't find passing by season. Well, I'm assuming yeah. Cole had just about all of them. He had, 3,859 yards. Uh, Sam had, wow, Sam was at uh, 3663, I think I just saw. So, Alex, um, I think you just you just wrote about this. I think something else to consider here is the new rules in college football, right? There might be less plays overall. So when we think about breaking overall single season passing records, that could also be something that impacts this, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like the the, the new rules are going to eliminate between eight and twelve plays per game. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you, you don't you think about eight twelve plays per game? You know, what is that? Probably what five plays per game per team. But if you think about it on average, you know, Texas Texas plays what sixty seven plays on offense during the time that Steve Sarkeesian's been here. So you're talking about like what one thirteen? You're talking about like one thirteenth. You know, one thirteenth of that that's taken off there when you're really working on the margins like this, trying to beat these, trying to beat these big time records. Um, and I got, I got it right here. By the way, it, the single season so, record is is by is by Colt three thousand eight hundred and fifty nine in two thousand and eight. Sam Ellinger is at three thousand six six three uh, in twenty nineteen at number two. Uh, so three thousand eight hundred and fifty nine, Alex. El Ellinger was at what in twenty nineteen? Yeah, Thirty six sixty three. So he's was that with Humphrey and Duvernay and Colin Johnson? Yeah, yeah he's the, he's he's number two on the list at in twenty in that twenty nineteen season. Three thousand six hundred. I mean, you frame it like that, it doesn't seem that far out of. In in listen, I mean, you get what twelve, possibly thirteen games if they're in the championship, and then bowl game or maybe multiple games after that. Man, you know, it's a it's a good question. I'm. Uh, not putting that much faith in Quinn, but uh, I'm still selling. But it's certainly possible. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I, yeah, it, it, it's not as far out of reach as I would have thought. But I'll, I'll, st I'll still say so. Hey, by the way, Alex, uh, on this list, Sam is also listed at number six for having three thousand two hundred and ninety-two yards in 2018. Hmm. Texas yeah. threw for third as a team. You know, Hudson Xavier, where they had 33 yards, but Hudson Card three thousand one hundred and thirty-eight yards. So. They need about 700 yards on top of that. Um, man, that's you know that's that's a really good one that I'm going back and forth on. So I'm still saying sell, but it's certainly certainly doable. They got better right. receivers because they're saying that Chad 2019 was only Duvernay. Chad Gibson is saying that was only Duvernay. So that was the year after the Jordan Humphrey left early. So I mean, if that was just Duvernay and stuff, like. Do you still would have had Colin Johnson there at because they both came out the same year, correct? Let me look, let me just look back at the deep dig for that year. I'll tell you what this was for. So like because they would have had I, I would think I thought they both came out at the same year if, I, if my memory serves correct. So Colin I mean, to pull it up. Like Duvernay being you. like a third round pick, and Colin was somewhere around fifth or sixth, somewhere in that range. 
So uh, you would have had at least at least those two um, plus the run game. By the way, just props to Sam. I, I, you know, for all the crap that he's, he's getting, he's he's listed twice in the top ten. So uh, and Colt, of course, Colt was a uh, number three. By the way, at three thousand five hundred, it's turning wild. Just it's Colt, Sam, Colt, Major, Colt three times. Uh, Chris Sims at at thirty two hundred, VY at three thousand. Bouchel at 2958 and uh Garrett Gilbert uh Jason 2744. So that, we're looking at the same Wikipedia page, Omar. <laughs> no, so I'm looking at UT. I'm looking at UT. Okay, I'm looking at So that year the, the receivers were are the guys catching you for, you forget. God, I mean it's it's hard to hard to hard to forget that Keontae Ingram that was, I guess Keontae Ingram took 49% of snaps that year. The, he, wow. he 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 led the team in snaps, but anyway, um, Devin Duvernay had seventy five percent of snaps. Brennan Eagles had sixty four percent of snaps. Malcolm Epps, remember, had forty five percent of snaps. Colin oh, wow. Johnson, forty one percent of snaps. And then the only two others to play really any snaps were John Burt, who played thirty four percent, and then Jake Jake Smith, Jake Smooth, my guy, twenty six percent of snaps. So. Um, that wasn't with great wide. I mean, golly, think about the guys that you know. If Quinn Ewers is a first round draft pick, he has all this arm talent. He, I mean, the receivers. If we list off eighty, if we list off eighty Mitchell, if we list off Xavier Worthy, if we list off Jordan Whittington, if we list off Isaiah Nair whenever he comes back, DeAndre Moore's a baller. Jonte Cook, good tight ends. I mean, the tight ends we're talking about back then was Cade Brewer and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I mean, I don't think that it's. I'm 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 almost thinking that maybe like I I don't want to get in the business of you know just predicting all time records you know like I feel like I'm already giving this team too much credit but it's really not that hard to imagine it it it, it should truly truly isn't given the level of talent that Quinn it, you know is purported to have and also just the talent that he's surrounded by and the fact that he's got a much better offense like the offensive line is in a completely different state than it is than it was then so. I feel yeah, good good stuff out. And ended up being a a better question. And, and, and that was it was tough at first. And we're like, ah, I don't know about this question. And then as we talk it out, it ended up being a really good one. Um, I, I guess staying in that vein, uh, Aaron, I, let's throw this one to to you. I don't want you sitting there too quiet for a little while. Buy or sell, uh, Texas will have two one thousand wide yard wide receivers this season. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a tough one. I think when you're talking about the all-time record stuff too, I was thinking about it's, it's so much of that comes down to game environment, right? When you're thinking about, you know, are, is Texas going to be in a bunch of shootouts? You know, how's the defense going to be this year? You think about the schedule this year, I'm a little bit up and down. So you, you would think worthy would get there obviously. So then from that other slot, um, AD Mitchell, is he going to be a guy that's able to rack up a bunch of yards or, you know, is he going to predominantly be someone that, has a big impact in the red zone. I mean, you know, they're going to air it out. I like Jason's point earlier about you don't have Bijan anymore. You don't have Roshan. So obviously you're not going to be able to pound the rock as much as you would normally like. So if they get into these environments, you know, I think you could see a guy like Whittington out of the slot, um, possibly getting to a thousand. So, I mean, I would, I would lean on you guys to tell me how often this actually happens, but I would think, you know, the talent is going to be there. Um, and then, Quinn, his second year in the system, he's been on campus for a long time now. Sark, you know, he's he's the passing game guy. So, I mean, if it's going to happen, you know, with this passing game, you would think this would be a good year for it to happen. So, I, I think Bye would definitely be in play 
for 1000. I need you guys to back me up on how, how realistic that is and how often, you know, we actually see that happen. Jason, I mean, is it, aren't we at the point though, where there's a lot of miles to feed on that offense? I mean, you, yeah. when you start talking about Quinn, Xavier, we talk about AD Mitchell. We hadn't talked about any of the running backs, but there's like five, uh, you know, that, are, you know, you, you still got Brooks, Jaden Blue, um, and then you still got Savion Red, Keelan Robinson that, you know, you know what they like. You still got the freshman running back as well with CJ Baxter. Like, are we getting to the point where you're like, two, a thousand yards sounds great, but it's just how how many how many opportunities is everyone going to get? Yeah, I'm looking. I have the top ten pulled up. Um, you know, Jordan Shipley, fourteen eighty five is the record. Duvernay, Kwame Cavill, L.J. Humphrey, Roy Williams back in two thousand two with eleven hundred. Um, I don't know, man. Two thousand yard receivers. I'm with you, Almar. There's too many mouths to feed. They're gonna have to spread the ball around. You're assuming. Then if it's Xavier Worthy and let's just say A.D. Mitchell is the second most likely, you're assuming, assuming both those guys are going to be healthy for the entirety of the season. So um, I would sell that. I don't – I mean, I, again, I think it's possible, but I, I don't think it's likely that they're going to have two 1,000-yard receivers. What about you, Alex, real quick before we move on to the next one? Well, I'm just – I mean, I'm just tr trying to look back here um, – I mean, I've gotten all the way to 2008, and there hasn't been – oh, here we go, 2008. So, okay, so that's when it was. Jordan Shipley and Quan Cosby. They came close in, um, I think, 2019 or something. Like, whatever, it was Will Jordan Humphrey and Colin Johnson. One of them got real close. But um, it was uh, – yeah, yeah, that's what it is right right there. That's what it was. It was So, Colin Johnson was, was 15 short in 2018. But other than that, you got to go back to – Go back to 2008. So we're looking at a once every once every 10 year kind of phenomenon recently. I know it's different from year to year, um, but I, I, I'd, I'd say sell, man. Like, and that's not saying that I don't really love these wide receivers and think they're all really good. And I'm with Jason. If it's going to be two, it's going to be A.D. Mitchell and it's going to be Xavier Worthy. All right. Let's go ahead and do another buy or sell. You're taking Texas with the points against Alabama this season. Alex. Texas with the points. And the last time I saw it was seven. I don't know where the line is at now. You you gonna take the at Texas with a plus seven versus Bama? Yeah, man. I buy that. I buy that thing. I think it'll be close. I'm not sure Texas wins, but they don't know what they're doing at quarterback. They've lost a bunch of really good players. Uh, you know, they have good players coming back, right? I mean, we've 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 been over this, we've we've looked at the roster, we've 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 talked about it, but I mean, you lose Bryce Young and you're just replacing him with just a guy. It's, it's. I mean, that's that's going to be costly. J losing Jameer Gibbs, who's the 12th overall pick in the draft. I mean, that's 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 costly. Losing Will Anderson, second overall pick in the draft. That's costly. I mean, there are a lot of the you know Brian Brant. Did Brian Branch go first round? I forget if he went first round. Maybe early second. Forgot if he went first or early second. Um, certainly one of the premier players on the defense. I mean, th there's a lot of these dudes who um, they're going to need to replace. And I know at Alabama, they, they, they reload, right? They don't, they don't rebuild, but I mean, look at the Texas roster right now, man. It's like, it's, it's pretty good. Texas is one that's like, Texas is in the part of the cycle right now where they're at the, they're at the top of, you know, the guys on the top of their roster right now are at the peak of their powers. And I, I think that that's going to mean a lot, you know, as far as this matchup. What do you think, Jason, you take the points. 
Absolutely. I'm buying that 100%. Someone said it's seven and a half. If I get that extra half point, you're damn right I am. I, I don't know if we'll put this one up. I love, so I'm just reading from the chat. Buy or sell, Sorrell will have 10 sack season. Barry said, buying and betting my 401k. <laughs> <laughs> A little pressure, Barry. <laughs> yeah, Barry, you better come through your dad, dude. <laughs> no pressure. No yeah, pressure. You, you, you might want to hedge that, man. If, 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 he gets, if, if he gets 10 sacks, you're not going to need that. That's true. You're not going to need to double up that 401k, man. You can just you can just have old Barron send you a big cut of that check he's going to get from his NFL draft, right? Correct. So, Jason, you're buying is that? I'm buying, right? buying the, the right, taking back, the points back, back on topic. And then, Aaron, what about you? Yeah, seven and a half. I mean, I think I think the half point there is pretty key. Um, that that feels like a buy. I mean, we know this is going to be a big test for Texas on the road. But like Alex was talking about, I mean, Bama's got a lot of new players. They've got to replace Bryce Young. It's going to be a test early for them too. And then, obviously, you know, you know, that's only the second game of the year. You know, week one for Texas. You know, you'd like to think that's not going to be too much of an issue. So. You think Sarkeesian is going to be able to, you know, he's going to have a lot of time to prep that game plan to, you know, break down some stuff. So even if you get to a point where Texas is down 14, you know, with that seven and a half, you've got the backdoor cover opportunity there to potentially score late. So, yeah, I mean, I think if you're getting the full seven and a half, um, yeah, I think that makes sense in a game where you would you would think Texas would be able to move the ball. You know, they're able to move the ball last year. So um, you think the Texas offense will be better. So, yeah, I would I would feel comfortable taking seven and a half. Yeah, I, I, I'll be, you know, I think for me, you know, with, with, with for Bama and the things that change that they're going through, uh, they have to face Texas in week two. You know, there's a, yep. there's a team that probably doesn't have as many question marks going into the season. It's Texas. I know it's going to be at home. That gives them obviously, you know, a little bit of an advantage there. But seven and seven or seven and a half uh, winning by, you know, uh, 10 points or something like that at home. Uh, for a team that could barely do that on the road here, I'm, I'm just not quite sure I'm willing uh, to sell that. I, I would definitely take that. I, I, now I won't go anything far, far like that. I don't know. I'm not into betting my you know retirements <laughs> or anything to to that effect. But I do uh, like Barry's uh, being bullish on on his son. So uh, Blake, throw another one on the screen. What do we got? DJ. So. Uh, if healthy banks is the first offensive line drafted okay. when he comes out, I see it now. Um, so 2020, 2025 NFL draft, I'll buy that. Um, I haven't, I haven't watched, you know, the other guys in that class, but I do know that LSU had Jason. Do you remember the LSU guys that they got uh, last year? You know what? what was one Will Campbell or something? I think it was Will um, Campbell. Yeah, that was the kid. Yeah. And then let me see if I can find the other one. They they had they have two tackles from last year that they people would like. I haven't I haven't watched them very much yet. You know Alabama's always going to have somebody. Um, looks like Alabama got like a guard last year that people like Tyler Booker. Um, yeah, I mean I, I do. I think the Kelvin Banks is the one. Um, he's your he's your premier. He's gonna. I mean, I've said you know he looks to me like a top ten pick. So you know, and that's based on the work that I've done and the systems that I've created to, to you know, to like to, that I used to write the deep dig and, and grade that stuff. But I like I start I I invented that. Or I didn't invent it, but I, that system I perf I not perfected. Um, I took that system and I kind of cr catered it my own way, just from 
some stuff that I learned from an NFL scout from how he charted offensive linemen, how he ch- um, stacked them up on his board. And so for the, let's guess the 2020, 2012 and 2013 classes, when I was working for an, another national website and I was having to give, you know, projections on where these players went just based on the charting, like Kelvin Banks as a freshman would have shown up as a guy that was probably charting like a first round kind of pick. So I would think that after three years, he'd certainly be talking about him as like a top 10 pick. What about you, Jason? What do you think? Um, yeah, you know, I know Will Campbell because I remember seeing him at the Rivals camps, and that dude's really, really good. Um, I don't know what other freshmen were big time contributors last year. What what about what about Emory Jones? Do you know do you do you remember him at all? Not really, and I don't know what he did because they talk about two LSU guys, and the only and the other one I see is Emory Jones. Uh, it was a freshman. No, but again, I'm not following LFG's okay. offensive line play that closely either. But, um, but I would buy it just the fact that I mean he's a pure left tackle. I mean, assuming yeah. he doesn't have a sophomore slump or you know Kelvin Banks, he certainly feels like he's going to like Alex said a top ten draft pick seems like a pretty safe bet uh, if he continues to progress and play well. So. Um, I would buy that with the caveat. I don't know who all is going to be available in the 2025 draft, though. Kelvin Banks is just really is really, really good. You know, it's like you can kind of say a guy's big and he he's moves well and stuff, but, man, he's just – he's a really good player. If he continues if he continues being – looking like this, I don't see – it's going to be hard for a, a guy to look better than him. Uh, Rodolfo uh, is back with a buy or sell. Texas will have a DB, Alex – with three interceptions this season, you're going to buy or, or, or sell on that, Alex? You know, they don't throw um, – I it, it'll be interesting to see how how often teams are going to throw it at Ryan Watts, you know? It, it, um, I think if there's going to be somebody who has three picks, it'll probably be Jade Barron playing in the nickel, right? I think that's probably the most – that's the most likely guy – um, I'd like to know when the last time you know. So just so you know, J- Jade had it's been, it's, Jade had two last been, year. Yeah, yeah. So they'll have one of these guys with with three picks, and you know, it's these safeties too, who are these kind of right place, right time safeties who can sometimes you know have those kinds of seasons where they get get uh, multiple you know three four picks. So yeah, I think I'll I'll buy somebody doing it. I'm not sure it's gonna be one of the outside corners though. What about you, Jason? Just so you know, Jade had two uh, last year. Deshaun Jameson had two. Uh, then Jaron Thompson had one. Alex, uh, I echo exactly what he said. I think they'll get three. Somebody, I mean, that's so finicky, though. It can be a batted ball that just falls into somebody's hands. Um, I think if it happens, though, it's probably going to come from the safety spot. Um, and I'm looking like Earl Thomas had eight in 2009. <laughs> that's crazy. That's yeah, wild. So, um, uh, and then they had a bunch with seven. I mean, tons of guys with six, including Deshaun Elliott, Blake Gideon. Um, yeah, three, though, that seems a very reasonable number. You're going to get a couple lucky bounces that are going to, you know, come your way. So I think Texas gets somebody with at least three. And I think it probably comes from Jade or one of the safeties. Yeah, it's going to get from because they're going to let Jade rob. Like, they're going to play robber all the time. And so, like, it, it, he's he's going to have his opportunities. And I think, like somebody said in chat, there were a few that he dropped this this last year. He, he could have had more than just two. Uh, Alex, this is, I'm going to start with you on, on this one and we'll work our way around. And, and this is this is a fascinating one. Uh, 
Alex, is Jonathan Brooks the starting running back for the entire 2024 season? And I'm gonna I'm gonna assume the caveat is when healthy, right? I'll add that in for Nash Talks, oh, Texas. You're gonna add that. I, I think you know I'm gonna add that in. So when healthy, no. he's the guy. No, I sell it because he's because because he'll probably get hurt, and when he does, he's not gonna come back and just he's not gonna have the role just bequeathed right back to him. You know what I mean? Like if you hypothetically, gonna, if he stayed healthy. I guess I guess I'd be. You think he's the starting running back if he stays healthy all year? Yeah, um, it's going to be a committee regardless. I mean, if he stays healthy the whole season, so he could be the first running back out there, number twenty-four with the, like with the first group every time they run out there. I mean, I could certainly see that. I'm I, that that's something I could maybe even maybe even buy. I'm just I'm not sure that it's I'm not sure it's going to mean that much, man. You're going to have to get C.J. Baxter out there. I think to a certain degree, you're going to have to get Jaden Blue out there. You're going to have to get a bunch of – like, we're going to have to get Keelan Robinson and Savion Red. We've talked about how these guys are pretty redundant, but they're going to get them both their snaps. So, um, yeah, may, you know, maybe if he stays healthy, he technically stays the starter, right? But um, I, I I think that – I think I would still – I think I might still say sell. There's there's going to be at some point during the there's, – there's going to be jockeying here in this. There's not enough separating him. From these other guys, there's, there's, there's going to be at least some jockeying this year where it's just hard to really see a front running Jonathan Brooks through the whole entire season. What about you, J- uh, Jason? Were you, you were you co-signing on that? If obviously, assuming he stays healthy, um, that's a tricky one to predict. But I'm going to buy it, man. He, he is the most experienced back. He's a you know he's a good leader. He's been ultra productive. He's a guy I think the coaches really respect. Uh, just the way he carries himself in the locker room, again, the experience factor. If he stays healthy, I'm going to go with bye. And also none of the guys, I know it was only one practice, but the spring game, none of those guys really just like took the bull by the horns while, while he was out. So um, I'm going to buy that Brooks is a starting running back all year. If he stays healthy. What about you, Aaron? Yeah. I mean, it feels like if anyone is going to, you know, run away like i don't think anyone's gonna run away with the job if someone has the potential to do that it feels like it would be brooks um but you know if you're thinking about starting all year i kind of probably lean more towards alex where there's kind of no reason not to go with a committee at the beginning of the year you've got a bunch of guys that don't have too much too much experience so i think they come out with a committee so i don't know if that counts as you know first two or three games of the year if that counts as a start um but I, I would say they're going to lean committee and then maybe, you know, Brooks or one of the other guys will establish themselves as a hot hand and then maybe, you know, take it from there. But I, I would probably lean more with Alex and say, you know, sell ish, I guess, just expect more of a committee earlier in the year is kind of where my head's been at. The other thing, too, is, I mean, with injuries, guys, I mean, you know, you know how these coaching staffs are. It could be something where it's like, well, technically, I was wrong on this because the week CJ Baxter gets a start, you know, Jonathan Brooks dressed, but he's still a little bit banged up from last week. So we're taking it easy on him. You know what I mean? He's out there as an emergency, but do you know, do you know what that means? It means they're using that injury as, as, as a little bit of an excuse to promote somebody else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's like chicken or egg, half, you know, it's six of one, half dozen of the other. I mean, it's just, it's just sixes, right? Like it, it's the, so I mean, that's that's why I say sell because I feel like even even in that situation, it's it's going to be even in the situation where it could be something where he gets hurt, 
you know, maybe it's not where he's totally hurt. But let me ask you this, Alex, just kind of real quick. When you talk about, like, committee, do you do a committee on the road versus Bama in week two, or do you try to find and establish who your guy is? What what do I do? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think I – I I think that I think no, I think it's a I think it's a I think you try and establish a guy, but you give him a pretty damn short leash, you know. I, I think that I think they'll be able to tell pretty early on whether he's he's getting going with the flow of the game, whether he's running well, whether he's seeing the holes, whether he's whether he's finding the creases in the zone lanes, and if he is, I'd say ride the hot hand. Otherwise, man, you can't you you can't just keep on. If you keep doing that stuff, you're you're gonna get Washington Alamo Bowl 2022. You know that's what you're gonna get again. You're gonna. They're not throwing out C.J. Baxter, uh, Jaden Blue, week two at Alabama. It's gonna be John. If if he's healthy, it's gonna be Jonathan Brooks and Keelan Robinson. They're gonna go on with, with the experienced guys. Well, that's idiotic. <laughs> I'm saying they won't Why play. do you say that, Alex? Why do you I'm say not that? Saying they won't play, Alex. I'm just saying that they're not gonna be the guys that they trot out there. As a starting back, I don't. Know. If you're gonna, I mean, if 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 Jonathan Brooks, I mean, look, he was a great high school player. He's shown flashes. What has Jonathan Brooks showed us to say? I mean, hey, Jonathan Brooks has played like 35 snaps at Texas. It's not like these other like. It's not like you're just throw. I mean, his production. None of these guys have played. Jonathan Brooks hadn't played. He's been well. He's played more than the other guys, and his production's been pretty what's remarkable what's when he's played. What did Jonathan Brooks play last year? He played what 30, 35 snaps. I mean, it's like, come on, we're talking about some kind of grizzled, some kind of grizzled vet here. I mean, that's, dude. Hey, that's like three hundred times, three hundred percent, three thousand percent, whatever more snaps than the other guys combined. So, you know, well, it can't be higher than the other. The other guys have played zero. Exactly. It's, a, it's, a, it's, <laughs> it's exactly it's, right. You can't even do the math. All right, <laughs> all right, all right. Let me let's do. I, 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 ran, I randomly threw out a number, hoping nobody would correct me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I, I'm more of this. I, I was going to go down a rabbit hole with the conversation because I, we, you still got five running backs with Brooks, Blue, Baxter, and of course Keelan Robinson and Savion Red. That's, we were talking about miles to feed. I, I really wanted to ask Alex uh, uh, about this, but I, don't, I know we got some base. Actually, I'm going to still ask you about it, Alex, real quick. With that many miles to feed, Alex, I mean, I'm not asking you to do math, but. You know who who gets the bulk of the carries for you in that in in there? Like if you just had to hierarchy it, you know, the, the number one, this is my guy. Number two, this is my guy. Three, four, and five. I'm just kind of curious where you'd rank them as far as not percentages, but who gets who's going to get the bulk of the carries at the end of the year? Well, I mean, if you so if you just look, at, I mean, under Sark, it's been weird because all we can really look at is teams that feature B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. And those guys between the two of them represent basically what, you know, eight set 800 and 808 vacated snaps, you know? But so if we look at the other guys that played last year, Keelan Robinson played uh, 12% of snaps, Jonathan Brooks with all that experience that he brings coming into this next season with 31 snaps, a, g- a grand total of 3.95% of total snaps. Wait, hold on. Jonathan I mean, Brooks had 30 carries. You're telling me he had 30 carries on 31 snaps? Uh, regular season. So regular oh, season. Wow. So regular season. He he did have more. He didn't have that many snaps in the bowl game, though. Yeah. yeah 31 total regular season snaps. Jaden Blue, Blue had 16 total regular season snaps. Um, so we're talking a, a 2% snap guy in Jaden Blue versus a 4% snap guy in Jonathan Brooks. 
Um, Blue had, Keely, well, I think Blue didn't play in the bowl game at all. He had 15 carries, so he got 15 carries on 16 snaps. Yeah, I guess so. I guess when he's in the game, they're just probably killing clock. They're just he's handing good, the ball. Yeah, they're just handing the football probably at the end of in garbage time. Um, but I mean, I think Keelan Robinson probably stays at this kind of 10 to 15 percent snap range. Maybe that goes up, you know, 17 or something percent. But I think pro I don't think we're gonna see a 65 or a 65 percent kind of Bijan leader with the second guy coming in at just you know 40 percent, right? And the reason why those the, the the reason why those numbers add up to over 100 is because those guys those guys basically played all the snaps, but also because Texas played so so many two back sets last year, right? Um, so we have to take that into consideration too. How how often are they going to run two back sets? How do they like those guys in, in two back sets? Maybe Jonathan Brooks is the kind of traditional runner in those kinds of things where you have like a deal with the Savion Red or. Maybe a C.J. Baxter, you know, if you don't want to roll him out there, it's just the lone setback versus Alabama. You get a two-back set going, see if you could, see if you can carve something out for him on a on a on a on a Texas route or a wheel route or something like that. He's got really good hands. Um, so if we're stacking him up, though, Omar, back to your question, mm-hmm. I think I go, I think it goes probably Jonathan Brooks. Probably is going to be the leader. I bet he's like a fifty percent snap guy. Then I would think that. CJ Baxter and Jaden Blue are going to be hovering between 20 to 30 percent snaps each. And then um, considering those sort of two back sets and then probably I think Savion Red, it feels like they want to play Savion Red, Mm -hmm. but it feels like they're going to to want to play Keelan Robinson, too. So I don't know, man, I would say 10 to 15 percent snaps for those guys as, as, as well. And they're going to have to have more two back sets to accomplish that clearly, because all those numbers that I put together just now add up to add up to more than one hundred percent of snaps. All right, let's not let's do a couple of more before we start getting into some uh, parting shots. Aaron, back to you. We got a baseball question. Texas wins the SEC in baseball within three years of joining that new conference, starting in twenty twenty four. What are you thinking? Buy or sell? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm going to have to lean sell there. So next year um, in 2024, Texas, actually, that'll be the last year in the Big 12, just the way the athletic calendar works out. So then we're talking 2025, 2026, 2027. I mean, we all we know the SEC is a gauntlet in football, but I'm here to tell everyone baseball, it's, it's the same way, if not even more. They're absolute powerhouse programs. I mean, you've got Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Florida, LSU. I mean, the list goes on and on, South Carolina. So if you just, in each individual year, if you give me Texas versus the field, you're, you're just going to have to go with the field because, I mean, you just look this year, Ole Miss won the national title last year and they did not qualify for the conference tournament, which I believe, you know, 12 or 14 teams qualify. Year before that, um, Mississippi State won the national title. They're not in the conference tournament either this year. So the past two national champions didn't even qualify for the conference tournament. That's how hard it is to actually win the SEC. Um, so if you're talking about an outright, I just think there's too many teams to go against, you know, and you don't know exactly what the roster is going to look like in a couple of years, just with the, you know, you, the recruiting class, it's hard to predict because you can get guys that, you know, are signed, but then they can go to the draft out of high school. Um, you obviously have the portal, so it's hard to predict the exact roster. So without knowing the exact roster and then just knowing how good, um, the sec is in baseball you're just going to have to lean towards the field so have to be sell I'm not saying i'm you know i think texas baseball is going to go in the tank when it goes to the sec or anything like that there's still going to be 
very solid. They're going to have really good players. It'll, it'll help with recruiting a little bit, but um, yeah, I mean, you just have to lean so just given how good the conference is and how deep it is, you know, year in and year out. But how many, uh, how many, how, well, you said, yeah, you're right. Cause there's, well, it's 2024 next season. Uh, I see what you're saying, but how many key players are they going to have back though? I mean, coming back, for your knowledge, or there's guys that are going to be entering the draft like this. How many will they? Do you think you can probably lean on uh, for for next year? Yeah. So for next year, when they're still in in the Big Twelve, um, you know, the first couple guys that come out is Jared Thomas. I was talking about him earlier. Him earlier. He's the stud freshman first baseman. He'll be back. He'll be really good because he was he's been up. He's been pretty much dominant now for two straight months. So you expect a big year from him. Um, Jalen Flores, they finally inserted him to kind of the starting shortstop role. Um, he's had a pretty rough freshman year, but he's starting to swing the bat better. But um, after that, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's it's gonna it's tough. It's going to have to be a lot of portal. It's going to have to be freshmen that, you know, come in and make an impact right away because Peyton Powell, you, I mean, you should go around the diamond. You go Peyton Powell at third base. You don't know if he's going to come back. He could be a guy that leaves for the draft. Um you know, you're going to lose the two aces that I talked about, Lucas Gordon, LeBaron Johnson Jr., their top two starting pitchers. Those guys are probably leaving for the draft. You know, Dylan Campbell, stud outfielder. You got to think he's going to the draft. Eric Kennedy, you know, Porter Brown, he's he's an older guy. Um, Garrett Gilmet, his stock is probably never going to be better, so hard to see him coming back for another year. So they're going to lose a ton of guys, so it's going to be portal. It's going to, you know – they're going to have to do hit on a lot of freshmen. So, which is hard to project um, a couple of years out here. So, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of turnover after last season and, you know, they were able to win the big 12 regular season title, but they're going to have to do it again because they're going to, they're going to lose quite a few key pieces from this year's team. All right. We, I think we got a super chat uh, question uh, that's coming in from our dope, uh, Trey uh, Brown. What up Trey uh, buy or sell? Uh, this Texas has a better class than last year's class. Um, then buy or sell, Amber finally finds true love. All right, Jason, I'll let you ask a recruiting uh, question. Yeah, I'll no answer. one gives a shit about that, Amber. You answer your part. No, <laughs> tell on the first part. Amber, you go to the second part. <laughs> oh. oh, no. You know, I'm I'm good at the acquisition department. I'm bad at the retention. You know, you, if you if you want acquisitions, come to me, man. I'm I'm your acquisition guy, the retention guy. These are the retention guys. These are the experts in retention. But I'm getting older. Uh, I do want to have somebody push me in the wheelchair at some point. So I'm gonna buy that. I, I think the next time I if I decide to do it, um, I think I'm just gonna just I just I, I think I'm just gonna just shut up. And just and just let that person do what they do uh, and live happily ever after. Or I'm just going to find, can you do mail order? Or is that considered like sex trafficking nowadays? I'm not sure. I'm not, it's, uh, this is definitely an interesting talking point. I guess I'm not going to comment on it. I, use, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you can do mail order nowadays. <laughs> I think, I think, I think that's, that's going into the, uh, into the into the dark zone so yeah, i'm not uh, sure how that works i don't even want to joke about that right now i'm afraid i'll say the wrong thing but uh, yeah so let's yeah. just I'll, I'll i'll swipe and find someone or uh or, or meet someone at heb or something like that so i'll be I'll, I'll be all right uh so yeah so i'll buy on that at, at some point uh what about the first part of it what about the recruiting portion uh i'm selling that they're gonna have a better class than last year and there's one more super chat 
All right, last one, then we'll wind it down. But um, buy or sell Texas is a better class. Oh, no, no, that's, I'm sorry. There's that is the super chat. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, buy or sell Texas gets uh, Jarrett Gibson, Mike Hudson, and Colin Simmons in next year's class. Uh, unfortunately, JM, um, I'm going to sell that unless you're JM Jones, who's on the Texas recruiting staff. You know something I don't, but <laughs> I'm going to sell that. I think they're going to get Gibson for sure. I mean, I, I know, I don't think they lead for Micah Hudson right now, um, but I still think that one's going to turn back. I am predicting Texas to get Micah Hudson. Uh, Colin Simmons is the one I think is going to break that one up, though. I think he's, I think Texas can get him, but I don't think they're going to. So I'm going to sell that one, Jam. All right, well, let's get some barter shots. And I guess, you know what? I was thinking of some fun buy or sell questions i'm going to ask you guys and as we lead into your parting shot so you can either have my buy or sell question be your parting shot or you can answer my question and then have your own parting shot it's going to be either or so alex i'm going to start with you buy or sell and it's not part of my parting shots you have given up on the water levels in lake travis rising to the numbers of old no that's a that that's a sell never give i'll never give up on that not as not as long as i'm not as long as i'm paying for my spot out at siesta shores man like i i I gotta get that i I gotta get back in the boat man like no way i'm not selling the dream i've heard that this this is going to be a a um we got El Nino coming back. We got they're saying a hurricane season's coming early. It's been kind of wet. The water out just northwest or the ground up here, just northwest of here. They've gotten a lot of rain. So once more rain comes, it's just gonna run right off. You can tell, man. I'm I'm thinking about all the, the different all scenarios here just for that water to come over Max Strack Dam right into Lake Travis. So yeah, sell, 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 man. That um you got to picture it, man. You you, you got to be optimistic to get that. I I I don't need six eighty one. I need six fifty. You know, six fifty. I I can I can get my pontoon back in. Where, um, where are we at now, though, Alex? Six thirty six was six thirty eight point three or something last okay. time. I um, uh, yeah. And for my parting shot, I'll just say this. Um, so heading out this weekend for Memorial Day with my sister and her family and our family to our usual trip down to at the end of school for down in Port Aransas. And can I just take a minute real quick to just bitch about how expensive Port Aransas has gotten? It's like, it's like fucking, I mean, it's like going down to, it's like, you can, you can have a cheaper trip by going all the way to like Gulf Shores. Um, you know, Fort Morgan. It's a better. It's a. It's. I'm, I hate to say it. It's. A, it's a nicer beach. Alex, you went. You're going to Destin, and it's way cheaper than Port Aransas, and it's a hundred times nicer. And I'm just. I hate to say it, man, but it's those guys that did those two big developments, Cinnamon Shore and the other one. And they they bought up all that land. It's like it's just. It it isn't Mustang Island. Just isn't like it was when I was growing up. It it used to be that you could go down there. A family could afford to go down there and pay just regular hotel room prices for their, you know, suites or condos inside those big high rises. Now you can't even get into one of those things for less than like 700 bucks a night. You know what I'm saying? Like all the, the, like Lord forbid you want to get a house that's big enough for two families to bring a grandma and stuff too. You're talking like, you know, you're talking, you're talking a, a, a lot of money. Like it, like the families that can afford to go down there these days, are like totally in different financial situations than my family was when whenever we were growing up. So, you know, I mean, that's that's this, how things go. Your way of angling for a free 
condo. Yeah. So, it, so, so <laughs> if any of you guys have condo, <laughs> no, I'm just, I, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm just saying, I can't believe how how expensive it's gotten, especially for the fact that we've always kind of like as Texas people, we've always kind of known it's like ah, the beach down there's not even this. It's pretty good. Like it's better than Galveston or all the rest of it. It's pretty good. But you look at the beaches in Florida, you look at certainly South Padre Island, you look at some of these other places and you're like, man, Port A is not as good as that. It, like it shouldn't be this expensive a beach. We've always kind of known that. It's always been a place where you go fish in the bay. You can take your kayak out. The, like the, 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 the beach is fine, but it's got a lot of people that drive on it. And it's like, it's just like, but all of a sudden you're paying for it. Like it's paradise. It, it's, it's simply, it, it just, it, it, it doesn't add up to me. So um, but that's where I'll be going for the for the for the weekend. <laughs> but all that being said, <laughs> that's... dropping a bunch of coin to go in there. Yeah. <laughs> why not? Why not a Destin or something like that, Alex? Like why not? Because 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 my, hour drive. Yeah. Because my sister and my brother in law ba- are basically paying for the whole house, and all I got to pay for is food and and what the are you bitching bread. about then? Dude? <laughs> it's good because it's, because it's too expensive. It's too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason is you. Okay. Buy or sell, Jason. And I think I know the answer to this one. Your son is itching to get the hell out the house and back to China because that's where his heart is at. Buy or sell? Uh Japan. Um, Japan but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um you know what? I think I'm gonna surprise you on where I'm gonna sell that. I mean, he loved really? his time over there. Yeah, and like he said, he was there for what three months. He goes, Man, I wish I had like another couple months, but he actually, you know, he grad technically graduated in December, but he is going to walk at his high school's graduation on Friday. So we're gonna do that and have all the graduation festivities or whatever. Um, now he's kind of settled back in, dude. Like even when he came home, he's like, Yeah, I miss him, but he it's good to see his boys and his hang out and He's back at work and just, I don't know. I think there's a part of him that kind of is glad to be home. So um, mm-hmm. loved his experience in Japan. I fully expect him to go back at some point, but I don't think he's itching um, mm. itching to get back there necessarily. And actually that probably was going to be my uh, uh, good question because that was going to be my parting shot, just that um, he actually is graduating on Friday formally and going to walk with his classmates, which was a little surprising. I thought we'd have to like, force him to do that but um he's gonna wear the whole cap and gown thing and give mom and the experience of watching her son walk across the stage so uh proud of him for doing that and then uh, uh then he's off to college hey jason i got a question for you okay mm-hmm. i i've got a friend who's graduate who's, who's a close friend their their daughter's graduating on on saturday I asked somebody what the going rate was as far as a, a graduation gift was concerned. Now, here's what I was told. Nope. I, was told yeah. I was told as a friend, if it's it's a hundred dollars just for someone that you may or may may or may not know, somebody cool. you, one of your friends. I was told it was two fifty for just kind of a good friend and five hundred. For someone who's like, you know, like a BFF, extremely close. Porter Ranch's prices. What, yeah. what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> That's absurd. First off, um, we didn't even send out graduation announcements for our son because it's such a weird deal. You know, he's already been in Japan for three months, and um, but I'm getting them for some of my friends' kids, and I must be a, I'm a cheap ass, and because hey, I got what five of them sitting on my table downstairs. I'm not giving each of those kids a couple hundred bucks. Um, yeah, like I'm talking like my nephew, I'll give in that range, but the other ones are getting hundred or less, probably, man. So 
A hundred? Wait, a fifty dollar graduation gift? Yeah, for a kid that I haven't seen in four or five years. Yeah, man. We well, ain't gonna be able to see him at, at fifty dollars. Like he's gonna look at that. <laughs> he's gonna look at that and say, "Screw that! Screw my uncle, man! I ain't fifty dollars. What the hell am I supposed to do with this?" No, these it are makes- kids that I knew when they were like kindergarten through fourth grade, and now I I see them maybe once a year for ten minutes. So I'm like, yeah, it's just a cash grab at this point, man. So- well, that's graduation, isn't it? Isn't that the point? It's supposed to be a grad. Crash crash. <laughs> Chili's on Jason Blake said. Um, yeah. Well, I guess it is, but like I'm I'm just the total opposite of that. Like I didn't send we didn't send a night into my aunts and uncles. You know, I just that's just I don't know, man. I almost feel guilty. Like, yeah, grandma and grandpa want to donate. My brother, of course, is gonna give uh, our son a graduation gift, but I'm not sending it to a bunch of people who don't really know him. I'm just he, he's gonna he can work and make his own money. <laughs> All right, uh, fair enough. I, Alex I've got screwed some- on Halloween candy. I'm, hey, I'm the same guy who grounded his daughter on vacation. Remember, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> as the attitude. So no, I'm going to make him earn his money. And uh, yeah, that's those are high. Those are high numbers you're throwing around. That's man. what that's what I was told. That, and that my friend didn't tell me this. I asked someone who has a daughter, another person whose daughter who graduated what last. If uh, what if it's a child you've never even met? If it's but it's like your friend. But you but it's like your friend or say your co like say your co coworker. Yeah. What if Jason what, what if, if Jason all, exactly. what, what if Jason's kids sent you a graduation mm. card? What would you what would you send him back? That's a good I'm, question. First off, I would never a, do that. That that's a great question. I mean, it's gotta be somewhere between fifty and a hundred, right? Oh, no, 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 no. Yes, right. I'll send him a twenty-five dollar Conoco card for a graduation gift. You, you, you don't know you him. Get half, a, get half a tank of gas with, with this. I don't know why the hell you're hitting me up for for yeah. that. But just for just 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 because just because I think it's a strong strong move to to ask me for the money. I'll I'll I'll, I'll give you a little bit. Just a little. I don't bit. even know if I'd give anything, Alex. You're more twenty-five. You're probably being more generous than I would. Alex, be. have you ever just turned down a wedding invitation because you felt like it was a cash grab? <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. I, I, it's been so long since I've been invited to a wedding. It feels like it feels like as you get into your late thirties, early, early forties, those, the, 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 those invites start to really fall hey, off. If Almar finds love like that by herself. By the way, as many times I've been married, I don't think I can send out an invitation. Like I think <laughs> at this point I'm on my own. So don't, don't, don't worry about that. Uh, I, I probably still have a George Foreman grill from one of my previous marriages somewhere <laughs> in the garage. So, uh, <laughs> Aaron, Aaron you might, you're the last guy in the buy or sell, all right? Buy or sell, you've been yeah. fairly new here. There's at least one poster on the board who you just cannot stand. Buy or sell? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you've... <laughs> <laughs> you you got to buy it, right? I mean, everyone would know I'd, I'd be lying if I sold. So, I mean, you know, there's there's the people that will, you know, just repeat the same stuff over and over. Just, you know, just always want to argue. But, yeah, I mean, you get, you know, it's it's all uh, fun and games normally. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, everyone, you know, you guys would know I'm lying if I said sell. So, I'm not going to pretend. Ketchum <laughs> had to tell me one time, man. He said, like, dude, you work here. You can't have people on mute. You're supposed to be moderating these things. I, I go through, I go through and look at everybody I've muted over the years on Orange Pro. I, 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 I got like hundreds of them, dude. Yeah. I don't have anybody on mute. I do have people that I don't like, though. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I like the baseball fans overall. Hey, I mean, two of them are on the modcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you guys figure out who the two wait, are. Ken, but... Wait, Ken, Ken said you can't mute people? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. damn. I go back. I got to go back and check that list. Yeah. No, that's you, funny. But yeah, no, I mean, parting shot wise, I would just, uh, you know, if, if there's any, if there's any, you know, borderline baseball fans in there, um, you know, this is kind of a dead spot for football season. Everyone kind of knows that. So check out the baseball team. I mean, they, they are a legitimately fun team to watch. I mean, they're not a perfect team, but I mean, they're, they're going to be in the mix. You know, like we said, they might be hosting a regional. Um, if you like pitching, they've got two studs at the top of the rotation. Um, if you like hitting, you know, they've got a freshman hitting leadoff. They've got, you know, seniors down, you know, at the bottom of the order. It's an exciting team to watch. They play an exciting brand of baseball. So I would say, uh, you know, if you're looking for something to check out, then uh, go ahead and check out the baseball team, man. Conference tournament this week, regional next week, maybe in Austin. You can head out to the dish and then, uh, you know, we'll see how far they make it from there. But yeah, I mean, that would be, that's what I got from a parting shot standpoint is it's a, it's a fun team to watch. So, you know, if, if you're a borderline baseball guy or just looking for something to kill time before football season rolls around, um, I, I would say check out the baseball team. You know, it's it's pretty exciting time of year. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So my, my parting shot uh, will be, um, you know, I kind of talked about this with Jason, but I'm going to say thank you to all the teachers. You guys are about to wind down the school year. Friday is going to be the last day, at least in the Leander ISD. We got graduations. Everybody's going to be at the HEB Center, I guess, in Cedar Park uh, getting their thing. But you know what? Uh, thank you for all that you guys have done, taking care of a lot of those badass kids. I don't know how you guys do it. Uh, hearts of gold for what you guys are able to do, what you guys are able to accomplish. So uh, thank you guys. I, 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 I hate summertime because I got to deal with my kids for, you know, three months, but you guys have to deal with them for nine. So uh, I guess it's a fair trade-off for me to actually have to stay in the, Now, I'll be looking for you guys in August. Don't get me wrong. I will be pushing their little badasses out the door, and I cannot wait until school reopens. But I hope you guys have a fantastic summer. Uh, enjoy yourself. Unwind. I'll see some of you guys poolside, but uh, I want to say thank you uh, for everything that you guys have done and, and continue to do. I, I appreciate you. Uh, that's my parting shot. So there's no Jeff Ketchum today, but I, we appreciate him as well uh, for Jason, for Alex, for Aaron, and of course for Blake, who's producing behind the scenes. And shout out to Barry, who was obviously always active in the chat. We always appreciate you and everybody else. Nash, I, I, the, the list is too long. Uh, you guys have a fantastic Tuesday. Drunk Unk is on Wednesday. You've got KNA. Jason's got the recruiting uh, stuff that's going on this week. Thursday, right? Jason's when uh, you and uh, Cole have your Thursday. We'll, we're kind of just fly. We don't have a set schedule each week. So tomorrow, well, Thursday, at down. some point, we're going to talk recruiting. And then maybe at some point, Jason would actually be able to talk about a commitment uh, in recruiting. That would be a different show, something that he doesn't get a chance uh, to do. And by the way, the baseball a podcast is going to be posted later. There's a ton of content here on the Orange Buds Texas uh, YouTube channel. Hey, by the way, ah, damn, I forgot to say, but hit like, hit subscribe. Uh, hopefully you guys already know the drill, but if you haven't done it, please hit like the video, subscribe to the channel, and share this video uh, with your friends because we would absolutely appreciate it. Uh, but for all the guys, all the crew, until next week, you guys take care. We'll see you soon. Peace out. See ya.